Hey, welcome to Hoops Coaching A to Z with me. Whoa, whoa, hang on. Let's let a professional handle this. <laughs> this is Hoops Coaching A to Z with my husband, Coach Terry Canova. This is a deep dive into all things coaching. Come join us as we visit with some of the best coaching minds in the business to help grow our profession. Here you go, honey. Back to you. All right, guys, welcome. Welcome back to this week's episode. I've got another, another dear friend on us with this week. Um, this guy, uh, many consider one of the best assistant coaches in the country. Uh, we're going to go through his background and some of the stops, but man, I'm talking West Virginia, Michigan, Kansas, uh, now associate head coach at Southern Illinois. Want to want to welcome my dear, dear friend, Mr. Chester Nichols. What's up, Chester? Not much, man. Thank you for having me. Hey, if I ever need a hype man, I'm bringing you with me. <laughs> no, man, look, so with some of those recruiting classes that you signed, you don't need a hype man. I know how that works, bro. <laughs> Bless, man. Hey, look, I know, but before we get started with this, one of the questions that America wants to know, what the hell is a Saluki? It is the world's fastest dog. Oh. World's fastest Egyptian dog. That's so, what a Saluki is. So a Saluki would be faster than a Greyhound. It's in the Greyhound family. Okay, okay. So uh, yeah, so so I know uh, I know you get quite asked that question often. So I figured I'd throw it out there all the time. <laughs> well, good man. Uh, congratulations on a new gig, and and uh, I'm I'm excited for you. So uh, let. Let, let me uh let's let's go through some of these stops you've been Chester. So, I know way back in the day when, when we met, I want to say you you was you was at maybe Central Florida. Correct. Uh, we we met through a dear friend, uh, Mr. E. J. Everett Jackson, who who's no longer with us. Uh, and and I and I remember you came down here to Mobile, and we had some had some fun times hanging out. Oh yeah, we you know what we spent a lot of time talking about WWE wrestling. Well, actually, back then it was NWA, and we were, you know, we had we shared a, a mutual desire for guys like Dusty Rhodes and the, the guys in the Four Horsemen clique. But, you know, during that time, I mean, during my time at CFCC, I was just very inquisitive. And, I mean, I would spend my entire summers working basketball camps. And back in the 1990s, that's what you did. You know, part of your networking was to go work camps and let guys see who you were. Because you know we're pre-internet, we didn't have we didn't have that luxury of being able to do things digitally. You know there were no analytics. Like you had to talk to guys and figure out you know how they got there. And the money I made from basketball camps, I used that as gas money to go from one camp to the next. And you know that's pretty much what you're talking about. Because when I came to spend time with you and EJ and Coach Petrie, you know that, that's what we did. We sat there and talked basketball, ate wings and pizza to two in the morning. Got back up at seven seven o'clock. Start all over again. Yeah, you, you're right, Chester. You know, I I don't know. I mean, I've been out of, out of the craziness for for a while now, but and you know, I'm settled in a high school coach now. But you know, some some of my friends that we visited with these last couple episodes, one of the common bonds we've had was that Lady Texture uh, Leon Barmore camp, and 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 we talked about the fact, you know, like you said, I mean, we'd go work that camp. 
and it wasn't like we were making a whole lot of money. Right. Uh, but but what it was, man, it was putting you around people who had that same drive, that same right. desire, that same willingness to get better. Right. And uh, that's what it was all about, for sure. Well, so well, first thing I wanted to talk with you about, Chester, because, again, you, you know, uh, as someone who's who's well regarded out there, you know, and again, known as being one of the top assistant coaches uh, in the country, You've been at at some of these, for I guess a lack of better term, high profile schools. For instance, Michigan, Kansas, West Virginia. Tell us a little bit about maybe some differences in some of those schools. Because us being on the outside, we see them on TV, particularly football, but then we see basketball and whatnot. Tell us some of the differences in some of those high profile schools that you had. Maybe some of your experiences. It, wow, it's funny that you you know as you say that it's funny that you mentioned it that way because back in 2002, um, when I went to Morgantown, it, it's amazing how networking is so important. I mean, yeah, you better be confident in, in the game itself, but you better know people and you better be connected. And, um, you know, between Brett McCormick and um, Stetson head coach Donnie Jones at the time who was at the University of Florida, if I don't meet those two guys working the Florida basketball camp, I don't meet Mike Carey. Okay, Brett McCormick and Donnie Jones were from Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And if I don't meet those guys, I know nothing, nothing about it. So during that time, you know, at 25 years old, I was one of the, no, not one of them. I was the youngest assistant coach in the Big East at that time. Wow. And at that time, the Big East was the big beast. <laughs> yes, it was. Your top four or five teams would be in the Elite Eight year in and year out. And it never dawned on me in late June Mike Carey has two positions open and he hires a 25 year old country bumpkin out of Ocala <laughs> for that position. And knowing what I know now, I look back and say, wow, I probably need to be at an SIU early on in my career to learn what the game was all about. But, you know, I was fortunate because, you know, coach Carey laid out the expectations. Like I need you to do this, this, and this. And if you want to keep this job, I need you to excel at this. And, you know, it, it Quite simply, like, in order for us to build this, and keep in mind, we weren't the West Virginia what it is today. We were dead last in the Big East. We were barely qualifying for the Big East tournament, much less doing what we're doing today. That's a, that's a good point. We'll, I'll stop you there because a lot of people don't realize that. You know, they, they think of what West Virginia is now. Uh, but, but you're right. Back then, you, you know, number one, UConn was just dominating everybody. But but you guys went in there and and I know you built several uh, uh, top 20 recruiting classes and y'all got those high profile players in there. And, and you really put that that program on the map or helped put that program on the map. Should I say? I, I'll say this right here, because, again, along that journey and, you know, it, it's no different than getting on the interstate trying to go from point A to point B along those journeys, man, that, those mile markers. For, for us at that time, and if you remember when you were coaching, I mean, we had 40 days, whether you had a small class or a big class to go sign, and, you know, you dealt with some stuff. I mean, you had obstacles, you had failures, you had this, you had that. But at the end of the day, you had to go through something to get to it. Um, and during that time, like, we didn't have time to lick our wounds because of what we didn't have. Like, we had to make the most of what we did have. And as a result, like, we worked our tail off. Um, you know, 
I'll give you a good example. Like during that time, you had a cell phone plan. And when we went out, my first year, our staffs, our phone records came back. Our staff's telephone bill was higher than seven assistant football coaches. (laughs) Think about that. It was higher than seven assistant football coaches. And as a result of that, I mean, we put our head down. We got to work and we were fortunate to sign some really, really good players. I mean, not one time during my tenure, we signed the McDonald's All-American. But we played for the school's first Big East championship. Nice. That's, that's, that's big time. That's big time. Well, what, what, about, what about Michigan and Kansas? What, what, what was the experience like being at, at some of those schools? I know Michigan, in, in many cases, many regards, people think of college football, but also tremendous basketball uh, uh, environment there. And then also Kansas. I mean, when you think of Kansas, then you think of hoops. So, so tell us a little bit about some of those stops. So let's just start in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, so I get to Lawrence, Kansas in 2010. I'm, I'm leaving UCF at the time. And um, I, I go to Lawrence, Kansas, and Bonnie Hendrickson was great because I, I would tell anyone, you know, you got a billion-dollar education on how to handle your emotional intelligence because you would never see that lady get out of pocket. But she was organized. She was detailed. And, I mean, she could sit at the table – with some of the biggest CEOs at Apple, or she could go to NBA. And I mean, she'd hold her own there because again, she just worked until the job got done. She, and, and I don't say it in a negative way, like she got, she got the most out of every situation. Um, she was always positive because she felt like negative, negative energy around her was useless. She was all about, it's not what you do, but it's, it's how you do it. And that's what she modeled. That's what she wanted us modeling. She did not have any excuses. Um, my first year at Kansas, we got there, um, and we ended up going to, going to the WNIT. And along the way, we had our adversity. And I'm just giving you the short version of it. But we had our adversity going through there. But we still somehow managed to sign a top 25, top 30 recruiting class. The following year with our returners, we get a healthy Angel Goodrich back and Aisha Sutherland. And it was the first of two back-to-back Sweet 16s. So um, that that was an experience in itself because right down the hall, you know, you had a Hall of Fame coach in Bill Self. Yeah. And, and not only did you have a Hall of Fame coach, you also had three head coaches on his staff and Adobo that was a head coach as well. When you get to talking about a Danny Manning, a Joe Dooley, you know, a Barry Henson, those, those guys were phenomenal because now you got a resource because what you're doing in your own office you can bounce off ideas and say, hey, what would you do in this situation? Tell me what would you do? And now you now you had something to bring to the table as opposed to not being prepared and then you look incompetent and not knowing what you're talking about. So yeah. it, it was good to be able to take advantage of those situations. Yeah, you know, sometimes we uh we 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 wonder and we look, we look in elsewhere for answers. And like you said, right there, right there down the hall from you, I mean, you got legends, you know, forget about going to coaching clinics. You could probably just, just walk in the gym on, on, on many occasions and sit down and see, see the best there is getting it done right there in your gym. And I, I'll take it back another step. In 2011, um, NBA went on strike. So none of those guys could do anything. So I made it a point every, every free moment that I got, I got a chance to go down there and spend time with those guys. 
So none of the NBA coaches could go out. Nobody was in camp working out. It was shut down for two and a half months. And now you got guys like Larry Brown. You got Kevin O'Connor. You got um, George Carl. You got, you got all those guys coming in. So I walked down and I asked Danny. I said, do you guys mind if I stop through? I said, I won't say a word. I won't ask a question. I said, hey, I got a big, I got one of those big thick reams of paper. And I sat down with my notebook. And when I tell you they were in there for 10 or 11 hours, I mean, you had a break every five or 10 minutes on the hour. But those guys, they started it off for an hour and some change talking about spacing. I can guarantee you 75% of your listeners can't hold a conversation for 15 to 20 minutes on spacing. These guys talked about spacing for an hour, hour and a half. And I almost felt like I was in a physics classroom. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, it's amazing just when you listen to those guys, because when you walk out of there, you're like, wow, if the NBA game is like this, you know, you got two and a half games, of co- two and a half college games of strategy and one NBA game. You know, it, it, it was unreal. It was a great experience being able to sit there and listen to those guys. Yeah. You know, people sometimes take for granted, you know, the, the casual, casual fan, you know, especially now with social media, everybody thinks they're an expert. You know, you see, you see people on every topic from politics to sports, to everything, you know, to COVID, you, you see them, they see something online and then they repeat something they see online and, and, and they feel like they're an expert. Right. But, but, but that experience you had right there, that, that's a master's degree in coaching right there, boss. That is a <laughs> master's degree in coaching, you know, talking about spacing for an hour. I remember I had a book and I forget who it was by, but when I tell you, it was, a, it was about 150 pages. Man, I wish I could remember the name of it. But it was 150 pages on defending screens, right. just defending screens, man. And, and, and again, our game, it's, it's as detailed as you make it. It's as detailed right. as you want it to be. And so, man, I, I'd love to be a fly in the wall in some of those meetings you went. But I can tell you this. One thing I did learn, all of that stuff that they wanted to do, you were only as good as the players that you had. <laughs> and I, I remember Larry Brown, he, he just kept saying, you know, you just can't get bored with the basics. You can't get bored with the basics. And that was what I took away from it. Because I mean, it, it ain't about the X's and O's, about the Jimmy's and Joe's. Jimmy's and Joe's. I, I remember back in the day working McNeese State's camp. Um, and uh, man, they had some, you know, Ron Everhart was the head coach. And matter of fact, you spent some time with Ron. As a matter of fact, I worked with Ron for about, gosh, five years. During my yeah. time at West Virginia, oh, that's a whole other talk show. That guy. Yeah, yeah. So, so Ron, <laughs> we'll have to tag him on this when, when we release this. But, but Ron was at, was the head coach at McNeese and just a good, good guy. And he had some really good coaches on his staff. Uh, Paul Kelly, uh, Carl yeah. Klein was on his staff. And I remember one day I was really getting into that open post motion stuff. And, and, and Paul Kelly was really good at that. And I remember, man, we we in there after camp and we drawing up the X's and O's. And I remember Ron walking in there saying, bro, y'all just going to need to go get you some players and stop worrying about all that open post motion <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I'm sure you had some colorful words to know with that. <laughs> Ron was a good, good coach, man. You know, again, I, it's funny when, when – and I know when you and I talked before the podcast and we talked about, you know, the agenda – 
And I said, I, I said, Jesse, let's let's keep it to two or three topics. I kept say because so many things is going to evolve just from us talking, you right. know. And 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 I didn't even dream Ron Everhart's name would come out of my mouth, but just a good guy, somebody from my past, somebody from your past. And again, that's what this is all about. The the underlying theme in every one of these podcasts, it seems, it's about relationships, man, and people you meet. Right. Well, now you didn't mis- men- mention Michigan. What you got? What, what, so, tell me a Michigan story. So here's my favorite with Michigan. I um, I got there with Kim Bonzerico when she first got there. So it was it was pretty neat because I knew of Kim because Kim was at St. John's during my time, the first time at West Virginia. Um, she's at St. John. I'm at West Virginia during the time. And we were very familiar with each other. We went hand-to-hand recruiting battles. So I'm somewhat familiar with her. Not very familiar with the University of Michigan, but right away, I knew they had the world's largest alumni and you could attract some of the top student athletes in the country. And I was like, I've always recruited a certain type of kid, but I've never been able to recruit that type of kid. But I was like, now, you know, this is going to push me outside of my comfort zone to go identify the right kids. And I mean, um, you know, Kim Barnes Rico, you know, you hear people talk about culture. She, not only did she not believe in what she was doing, like she talked about it every day. It's, it's who we are and what we stand for. And the type of kids that we attracted, it was amazing because the first young lady, actually there were two young ladies, um, Shannon Smith, who's from Gastonia, North Carolina, her mom and dad were Michigan State grads, and we had to get creative because we didn't have any scholarships available. And she's transferring from the University of North Carolina, and she had two choices to make. She's either coming to the University of Michigan or she's going to go to Michigan State and whip our tail. Wow. So we didn't have any scholarships, but because of the relationship, as you spoke to earlier, you know, I've, no, I've known Shannon since the eighth grade. And as a result of that, we were like, we don't have any scholarships but you're going to have to sit out a year. So, hey, why don't you go down to Trinity Valley Community College, continue to play, you're not going to lose anything, and then if University of Michigan is where you want to be, we'll come back and get you a year. And the rest was history. Wow. So the other young lady that we had also, um, we had another young lady out of Los Angeles and Sierra Thompson, same thing. We, um, I'm at the University of Kansas at the time, and we were, you know, early in the recruiting process. And, you know, I called her to let her know, hey, I'm going to University of Kansas. And, you know, the phone got quiet and I was like, okay. And then a few minutes later, I get a call from her dad. And her dad was like, hey, boss, what's the deal, man? And I, I look back on it and I'm like, why did I should have called a parent first? Because I, I didn't realize that we connected like that. And I'm giving you the short version of what that exchange yeah. was like. Yeah. You know, this, this is, you know, this is the parent's most precious jewel. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. So once we figured it out, he said, hey, we ain't mad that you're going to the University of Michigan. We just a little upset you didn't ask to come with us. I said, when I unload this U-Haul truck, if you feel the same way the following week, let's make it happen. So she she decides to commit to the University of Michigan sight unseen on my 11th day on the job. Wow. So, wow. That's and, and the crazy part about it, when she graduated from Michigan, she left all, the school's all-time assist leader and game started. 
Fast, fast. How, how about how about that for your first first signee at the University fast. of Michigan? That, that, and, and the best part about it, you look back on it now. You know, we laid that foundation, but Kim's she's one game away from being in the Final Four this past season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's 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 so cool. Those stories are, are special, and and they special on a personal level. You know, we just finished a podcast. Uh, I guess, man, the days are running together, but maybe it was yesterday, day before, I had Raven Justice on there, and she told a funny story how we had that lady text to camp, and and uh, Coach Barmore uh, asked her, you, you know, what's your favorite thing about camp? She said, Coach Canova. I said, man, you know, when you're in a when you're in a camp full of Hall of Famers, you know, you got Christian Curry and Kim Mulkey and and Leon Barmore, and and she she singles you out. It makes you feel special for sure. Yes, sir. Well, look here, Chester. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, what I want to do now is for some of these young guys and gals out there who are looking uh, or are currently assistant coaches, let's talk about some things for them to think about to, to be at the top of their game as assistants yes. and, and help make the life easier of their head coach. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Want to get away for the best vacation ever? Consider a group trip, whether a cruise or an all-inclusive resort. Let Toes in the Sand Travel help you get there. There are some amazing perks for group cruisers. Trust us, we do one almost every year, and we help so many of our friends as well. For a trip of a lifetime, give us a call. You can message me on Facebook at Kimberly Tanner Canova, or you can find our Facebook page, Toes in the Sand Travel, but be sure it's the one that has our smiling faces on there. Just reach out. We'll help you. Hey, honey, will you get packed? We got a cruise ship waiting on us now. <laughs> Let's go. All right, we are back. Uh, we're back talking to Coach Chester Nichols, uh, now new associate head coach at Southern Illinois. And... Uh, by all means, make sure you give my wife a call at Toes in the Sand Travel. She can hook you up. One of the things people don't understand about the travel business is there are commissions already built into the package. So it doesn't have to cost you a penny more to use a travel agent. Give her a shout. She will hook you up. And I know, talking about group cruises, we got one scheduled. We got about 60 of us going on a cruise uh, here real soon in July. And so it's going to be a blast. But back with Chester. So Chester, as we were, as we mentioned before the break, if you would, because we've got a lot of young coaches and even not just young coaches, but coaches like myself and yourself who been in it a while, but, but continually learning. What's some of the things that maybe you've learned over, over the years about being the best in the game as an assistant coach? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I can I'll go back to Missouri, Missouri associate head basketball coach um, Charlton Young, Coach C.Y. Uh, most most of your listeners they probably know him. And um, one of the first things he told this was about 24, 25 years ago. And I and I ask coach, coaches this question all the time. You know, knowing what you know now, what would you tell your younger self? And he told me these three things right here, and I'm. I'm going to try to keep it as clean as I can. <laughs> he said, number one, don't mess up the church's money. And basically what he was talking about, hey, you sit in that seat. Again, attention to detail, doing things with integrity, especially when it came to the receipts, 
and managing the office and, you know, having a good relationship with your business office and, you know, just being just being a straight hundred across the board when it came to money. Um, number two, keep your hand out the cookie jar and basically saying, hey, don't you mess with them players. Don't you mess with them students. Okay. And number three, you know, recruit one league better than your competition. OK, you know, even at the power five level, you don't have to you don't have to go get the McDonald's All-American. You're at your practices every day. You know what you need. You know what you don't need. You know, you know what's in your conference, okay? You know what it's going to take to flip that league. You know what it's going to take for you to win that game and win that league. And, you know, if you can do those three things, you'll stay in the game for a long time. Chester, you know, it's been a long time since I've been a recruiter, um, you know, but, but you know, that makes so much sense. And, and I think, and, and you tell me your thoughts on this. I, I think sometimes recruiters get in trouble because they're not, they don't have enough confidence in their own abilities. Because right. you hit the nail on the head. The only thing that you need to know, you need to know what players you need to beat the people you got to play against. And take your school to that next level. A lot of times people get so caught on those lists, those McDonald All-American lists and this and that and the other. And if somebody's not on that list, they don't have enough confidence in their own abilities to sign somebody off that list. So that's a, that's a, that's a great, great point there. Well, I, I can tell you this right here. Um, coming back to West Virginia the second time in 2014, we had to sign a 11 player class. I mean, some transferred. Um, it was a big class that graduated. It took some graduate transfers at the time. And we, we knew that we had a talented class, but we also need to get some pieces around them. And, you know, my first year back, we took a couple of graduate transfers and we had a few playmakers, but I, I'll never forget walking into Mike's office. I said, now this is going to sound crazy, but I said, we gotta, we gotta, gotta get some shooters. Cause I said we got guys that can make a play, but you know you you can space you can space out the sideline to sideline. But if you can't shoot the basketball, you have no space. You have all the space that you want. They gonna give you so, space. They gonna give you space. <laughs> so I, I, we go down we go down to Texas. Um, I'll never forget going down to Frisco. This kid Katrina party that nobody's ever heard of, and Katrina her biggest school that was offering her was Tulsa. And, you know, she had, like I said, had a couple of mids, but, you know, she wasn't, she didn't pass the eye test and say, oh man, she's going to, she's going to make some noise in the big 12 and make a long story short. He, he looked at me and I'll never forget it. He said, well, her ball handling shaky. I was like, we got tiny smart. And I was like, this kid can go make a play with the best of them. And we went back and forth. So she comes, she's coming off of ACL. But we knew, we knew deep down inside, like, this is the type of shooter who's going to average about 40% and be a zone buster. But come to find out, she was a four-year starter for us, and she's had a great, great pro career over in Europe. So Yeah, you've got, you got to trust your abilities. And, and I know, you know, talking to coaches and colleagues over the years, it's funny, you know, sometimes, you know, us assistant coaches, how we have our talks and you share these stories. I know from time to time you talk to somebody and they're telling these stories about their, their head coach. And it might be a situation where, hey, I want to sign this player. And your head coach says, well, who else is recruiting them? 
Well, you know, not really anybody. Like you said, maybe just a couple schools right now. And then your head coach is, is shy on signing that kid. And then on the flip side, you want one and your head coach says, well, who's recruiting them? Well, you got LSU recruiting them, got UConn recruiting, got Tennessee recruiting. Oh, we can't get her. You know, so it's like, which, which way do you want it? You know, it, it, it's, t- it's a tough situation to be that assistant sometimes. You better believe it. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, you better be right. <laughs> That's right. That's the key. You better be right. You better be right. Well, uh, what else? Now, let's take... Let's take recruiting out, out of the equation for, for, for a minute. And, and that may be hard for you to do because this has been your life for a long, long time. But what about those high school coaches out there uh, that are just assistant coaches? And, and so now we're dealing with the, with the, the life of a, of a player and we're dealing with the X and O part, the player development with, with, the, with these players. What, what advice could you give uh, some of these young assistants? Well, I'll say this in two parts. First one is evaluation, okay? Not only evaluating your opponents, but having the ability ability to evaluate your own team. Because if you can't, again, it doesn't matter what you do X and O wise, it's not, it's not gonna work because you don't know them. You don't know what makes them tick, okay? And then when you start talking about the player development, you know, sometimes they get it confused, the difference between the player development and skill development. Because at the end of the day, you got to coach their head and heart the same way you coach their game. And if you if you don't have their head and heart, it don't matter what you're doing on the floor. And then the second piece of that, um, it, if I had to give any advice in terms of all the things that, you know, you better be loyal, you better work your tail off, you better be confident, you better do all those things. But more than anything, your self-awareness needs to be on point. Who you are, who you're not, what you can do, what you can't do what you will or won't, um, your, your, your self-awareness needs to be on point. Because if you don't, those kids will see it. Those kids are evaluating you every day. If you know what you're doing, if you don't know what you're doing, if you're not prepared or if you're trying to wing it, that's the quickest way to lose credibility with your players. Um, preparation, that needs to be a separator. Um, like every day, like if you're putting together, and I was fortunate to be able to do that with Coach Carey. He, he allowed me to do the practice plan, but Again, you got to gain the trust of your head coach. You need to be able to manage your head coach. You can't be into your feelings, okay? You, you, have to, you have to work your tail off because in the event something happens, you need, to be able to, you need to be able to say, hey, I can step in when he or she is away. So, Yeah, yeah. You, 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 your head coach has to be confident that when they step aside, whether it's just to go run to the bathroom for five minutes or, or whether they, 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 they're sick. You know, COVID, we saw a lot of this. Right. Uh, that, that, that you know that this, this team's going to be taken care of because right. my assistant coach is ready. Yeah, for sure. Well, we've got about five minutes left here, Chester. So, again, enjoy, enjoy. Always love talking with you. Always enjoy visiting. Of all your experience out there, surely you got a couple road stories or crazy stories or fun stories that – now, again, our show is PG. We, maybe oh. one, day, one day we'll have a Patreon uh, component where we can have some, some of the real good stories. But right now, do you have a good PG and under story to share from, uh, from your experiences? So since I'm talking with you, and you'll relate to this a little bit better because uh, God rest his soul, Everett Jackson, he, he comes up from you guys um, from South Alabama and um, – 
we um we ended up playing St. John's in Madison Square Garden. I thought that was pretty cool. Country bumpkin from Ocala getting a chance to play in the Madison Square Garden. And we get there. We're we're tied for second behind Connecticut. And tied, tied for second with Rutgers, but right behind Connecticut. We play St. John's in the garden, and we're playing as good as anybody in the conference at the time. Meg Bolger, our All-American guard, tears her ACL right in front of our bench. No one, no one's around her. She does a step back. And we're sitting there looking like, oh my goodness. So we end up losing that game, come back. We got to play DePaul. DePaul had just joined the league, but they were top, top 15, top 20 in the country. We end up knocking them off. We go the next game, we lose at Providence. We foul, game's tied, and we take a bad shot, get the rebound. And one of our freshmen, she fouls Providence. One and one, they go down with like 0.1 seconds. And back then, you can advance. She hits, she hits both shots. And we end up losing our last eight games in a row. Wow. And, um, you know, so we're back and forth. And to know Coach Carey, you know, our first three years at West Virginia, we never lost two games back-to-back. In the month of February, we, we won 87% of our games. But that month of February, it truly was a frenzy. And EJ really didn't know Coach Carey. And EJ, was in, he was in charge of fouls and timeouts. And he, he looks at me. We're not at South Florida. It was a close game and about 40-something seconds left. Gosh, we, I think we were down 11 to 13. And Mike was – he was exhausted because those freshmen and so- sophomores, they were trying but just didn't have enough playmakers. So EJ looks at me, he said, um, he said, Chester, he said, tell Mike that we got three timeouts. We can work on special, special game situation. I said, EJ, I said, I said, not right now, buddy. I said, not now. <laughs> so he said, he said, are you scared to tell him? He said, he said, we still got to coach the kids. I was like, oh, EJ. I was like, man, I said, don't do that. So I lean up and I let him ask him. I said, I said, go ahead, ask him. <laughs> so, <laughs> You know, you said it's a PG show, but he asked, he asked him that time. And when, let me tell you, that reaction right there, I was like, if there was ever a picture to tell you how to manage your boss, but but the, the lighter side of that story, we ended up losing the last eight games. We were the 12th team to make it to the Big East tournament. And we were one possession away from beating Connecticut for the first school, the school's first Big East championship. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, man, hey, look, Chester, so good catching up. Uh, uh, Coach Donald, the other day uh, when we were on here, she joked about the fact that the only reason I have this podcast is I get to talk to my friends for, for 30 minutes. And, and uh, <laughs> there's a lot of truth to that. But on the flip side of it is for, for young coaches uh, and old coaches alike, I've got some really, really good friends who know this game and, and just – for some of them to be a fly in the wall to listen to you guys talk uh, is, is definitely a uh, master's degree in, in coaching. And so, man, thanks so much for making time for us today. Uh, love you, man. So proud of you. Excited about you, your next uh, journey as a, as a Saluki. And, yes, uh, and, you know, man, if you ever need us down here in Mobile, don't hesitate to, to give us a shout. Thank you for having me. All right, my man. Take care of yourself. Yes, sir.
that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode. A big thank you to everyone who has continued to make this podcast become so popular. Please continue to share with your friends and colleagues. And when you have time, please take a minute to give it a five-star rating. Until then, we'll see you on the next episode.